You boys are out of your mind. Ooh, yeah, dig it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Big Boys and Body Slams. Three goofballs that talk about wrestling. We're here to boost your ass and have a blast. So, enjoy. Hola. Hello. Como esta? Bienvenidos to Big Boys and Body Slams. My name is Zach, and over here I got two of the handsomest fellas this side of the Mississippi. Kyle. Hey guys, guess what? 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 Our good friend Reckless Robbie mm. has given me a, a ticket to Super J Cup you. on Thursday. Dude, what? Dirty dog, you. We're, I am seeing Amazing Red versus Will Ospreay. That's going to be a legendary affair. That's going to be orgasmic. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. And Jushin Liger, too. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so excited for you. I'm a little bit jealous. I'll have my Big I'm Boys and Body Slam shirt on there. Ooh, that's a nice and, shirt. Uh, it is a nice shirt. If you listen, come say hi. Yeah, any listeners there, make sure to find Kyle and the reckless one himself. Also, I want to give a shout out to our friend uh, Keegan. New friend of the podcast. He's a good guy. He's got his own podcast, too. I will pull it up and let you... Uh, Ooh. I'll give you his stuff, and then after Luke gives his intro... And we got to say about Keegan, this this is a 17-year-old young man who... A superstar in the making, who is sir. Who's doing a podcast by himself, and... He's a rising star in the wrestling community. And he's a huge friend of the podcast. Huge. Big friend of the podcast. Huge. So thank you, Keegan. I know we haven't spoken personally. It's been mostly Kyle, but uh, I'm aware of you. And I got to tell you, I've listened to a bit of your podcast. Uh, not that we're like in a spot to like. Yeah, we're high and mighty. Like, we're we're not, just elitist. Not that we're on a plateau, <laughs> but I mean. For, we're, we're just kind of giving a shout out to a yeah, fellow for friend. For a 17, 18-year-old kid, like you keep it up, man, because you're going places. Sports bud. entertainment spectator. Uh, Keegan. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, but I'm going to try. Dimitrovic. Can I try? Yeah. Let me see it. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, Dimitri. Oh, my goodness. Keegan, we're going to get this right, buddy. Dimitri. Uh, yeah. Nope. Nope. Dimitri Jevic. Dimitri well, Ke- Jevic. Keegan. Dimitri Jevic. He's a good guy. I'll post, some, yeah. I'll post a link to his uh, YouTube channel tonight. Also, shout out to Derek Caps and uh, TCW Trampoline Championship Wrestling. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, yeah, so last week was our big return with SummerSlam 19. Uh, apologize for the show length. We'll try and keep it a little shorter today, but we had a lot of ground We had to cover some old business. In, in, a, in a short amount of time to get there. Of course, we are Big Boys and Body Slams. You can listen to us on a variety of different platforms. You what know are them they? all. Oh. Uh, you can listen to us on Anchor.fm. Mm. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. Uh, and we'll add some more. If, uh, somebody requested stitcher i saw on twitter so we'll make that happen uh just thanks for being here there's a multitude of different ways you can support us don't forget about that yada 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 now mm-hmm. we have a new segment for you tonight mm. and we have a returning segment after that uh this is a segment called someone's got a bone to pick with us do 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 do, do. and this someone is dakota zankner who uh I'm going to play this audio message and we'll react to it. This hey, is Luke's first time hearing it, by the way. Also, this is this is friend of the podcast, Dakota Sanger. He, uh, he like, actually addresses himself as best as friend, best of, the friend podcast. of the podcast. I think he's got a few people that are in the running for that now. But Yeah, uh, but this is what Dakota had to say about the Brock Lesnar match. So enjoy. It's coming. It's cooking. Hey, big boys and body slams. This is your pal and best friend of the podcast, the real DZ of professional wrestling, Dakota Zankner, and I've got a bone to pick with you. Why did you give 
Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, SummerSlam, a four-star rating. Aside from Brock picking Seth up and twirling him by the rib tape, I didn't see anything special. And my other criticism with Brock is lately, it seems like most of his matches can be played out WWE 2K style. And I find that to be a bit problematic for somebody who's constantly in the title picture. How can I change my outlook on Brock? And what should I expect next from the beast? Big boys! Wow. Thank you, Dakota, yeah. for your input. Uh, we're going to address that here. So He kind of cut a promo on us. He did. Yeah. He kind of went full heel mode there, which is appreciated. Uh, so, Dakota, here's, here's the thing. Mm. Well, let's start with what we liked about the match, and we'll transition into what's next for Brock. I also would like to say that I have made some five-star fantastic matches on WWE 2K. So, I don't know about that argument. I think, I think, uh, and Dakota, you can feel free to correct us on this. I, I believe he was referring specifically to the, the formulaic nature of Brock's matches, uh, that it's a lot of simple moves into the finish. I'm just being obnoxious. Oh, I know. No, okay. Uh, so, I'll start, I guess, with what I liked about the match. And mm -hmm. maybe I'm a chump. Maybe, maybe I'm falling into the, the trap that, you know, it's, it's easy to fall into with him. But for me, and it's formulaic, again, it's a Brock Lesnar against a smaller guy match. Mm -hmm. So it did follow a formula, but for me, the, the reason it worked, in particular this match, more than the others, it, I think it's just that they that underdog storyline was so effective, and maybe it was because there was a title change, but Seth, and Seth deserved credit for it too because he was on fire. Yes. And for me, it's just the dynamic that they had and the chemistry that they had, and Brock's was selling like a madman. And there was more than just the twirling spot to me. Like, you had the huge frog splash onto the table. Mm -hmm. You had Brock catching Seth on that third suicide dive attempt. I mean, there was some stuff in this match to enjoy. Taking a million uh, curb stomps. What did you guys like about the match? So, I went into it, and if you would have asked me to put $100 down on one guy, I would have put $2,000 down on Brock Lesnar. Okay. I thought it was going to be kind of a short match, mm -hmm. and I thought they were going to play up the injured Seth Rollins, and this was going to go further. Um, so, I was caught off guard by what happened. I thought there it was smooth. I thought everything went well. I think everything that you talked about, along with the swirling him by the uh, tape, was just super entertaining. All their mannerisms in the match were good. Seth continued to sell his ribs, his ribs the, the, whole, the whole time. Yeah. The whole time. Yes. Yeah. Never forgot about it. And I mean, I think something Zach said earlier to me when we were talking was it was also for the title. Yeah, and which like, makes a big difference. At which least makes for me. a big difference for the crowd, and the crowd was hot for it. They were, they were. Yep. You can't deny that. Well, and for me, the biggest thing that caught me off guard. Not only did Seth win, it was a clean finish. Super and clean. It's like it's like we mentioned on our episode last week. When has when's the last time Brock has been beaten clean? I think John Cena, right? And like. 2013 or something it's usually a dick kick it's yeah yeah exactly it's always been a dick kick or finish yeah or something yeah um so that meant a lot to me and kind of like you said kyle we went in expecting a squash match that's mm -hmm. just what we expected we thought it was gonna uh continue the storyline but we were very pleasantly surprised both com uh both competitors went balls to the wall the whole time and i think uh zach and i have we're in this boat too dakota and I think this this whole part-time champion thing um, 
only only throwing German suplexes all over the place. So I I can see where you're you're getting the formulaic idea, but he's just when he's facing when Brock Lesnar is facing small guys, he is not that formulaic monster anymore. And it's not just the small guy thing. I mean, it is. To a degree. Sure. I don't think he could have a big Haas fight match that would be as effective with like Braun Strowman or somebody. But I think it's more than that. It's having an invested Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. He feels rejuvenated. I remember for me, the low point was WrestleMania 32, Brock Lesnar versus Dean Ambrose. Yes. That dumpster fire of a street fight they had. That went like six Uh, minutes. That was the lowest point. And I think he's, he's becoming more invested with each match. Maybe... Without the title, he won't be. That remains to be seen, which kind of bleeds into the second kind of aspect of his comment or his uh, question was, what's next for Brock Lesnar? I have and I'll three let you ideas. guys take the field on this, and I'll piggyback off you. I'll give you my three ideas. What Ooh. are they? The first one, if a face wins the King of the Ring on Raw, he attacks Ricochet or whoever wins the King of the Ring. Challenges them for the crown? It could be that, or he could just set up a new feud because we yeah. don't know where the King of the Ring's going. True. Two... He could transfer the SmackDown for the Fox. That's true. Uh, he could go after Kofi Kingston. And three, and I just kind of thought of this one on the fly. What bigger rub for the Fiend? Yes. If the Fiend were to... Like, I thought about that while I was driving the, today. If the Fiend like attacked and took Paul Heyman, and then Brock tried to save Paul Heyman, and the Fiend beat him. Do you think they'd do that, though? Like, Brock just lost a few. Do you think they'd have him lose again? So Brock is Brock doesn't have to ever win again, and he's still going to be mm-hmm. a threat. Mm-hmm. But is Brock is Brock uh, is he too prideful for that though? Depends on the paycheck. I'm and I'm not sure how much longer is left on his contract. I mean, he just got resigned not too long ago. Right? WrestleMania, right? Yeah. So I think I was actually going to go the route uh, that you did, Kyle. In that that last idea is that he's going to start putting over some younger talent. Yeah, and maybe. Um, <clears throat> kind of what we were describing with with Brock's matches and what Dakota was saying. This, to me, is how Braun Strowman should be built up. And this is the effect he should have in matches because he's capable of doing the same things that Brock Lesnar is. Yeah. So I think that Brock Lesnar could put over Braun Strowman, put him in that monster spot, but it comes down to the pride thing, like you said, and I'm not sure how much longer is on his contract. So if they are planning on giving him that one last run, then he's going to put over some uh, some young guys. Also, Dakota, on your thing, you said, how can you start to like Brock Lesnar? I think that if you don't like Brock Lesnar now, you're not going to change your mind anytime soon. Yeah, that's true. That's actually a really good point, which is fine, by that, the way. That, which is fine, but that's just yes. like saying, yeah. that's just like saying in 1997, like, oh, I don't like Hulk Hogan, what Hollywood Hogan, what am I, how am I going to like him? Well, you're yeah. not. It's going to be the same thing. It just might be that he just not, might not be the guy for you, which but, is fine. But don't let it cloud your judgment on good matches. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. Um, so because that I hope, told a wonderful story. Yeah, it did. And I hope that's a satisfying answer to your question. Thank you for, seriously, thank you for uh, taking the time to record the voice message. We love that feedback. And you can do the same thing. Uh, I will will post the links on our social media because there's a specific link you can go to. And I encourage anybody listening, if you have a bone to pick with us, if you just want to talk to us, Greg, you can leave us a voice message. It's super. You can do it right on your phone through oh. Anchor. It's super easy. And who knows how much we'll like it. Our boy Joe Colton posted one. And yeah, that's so our you new might intro. notice our new intro, uh, the uh, Randy Savage impression. So thank you, Joe Colton, for that because I love that too. So You're please the man. leave us a voice message. And thank you, Dakota. Honestly, from the bottom of these big boys' hearts, uh, you're our first like real and an analyzing uh, uh, voice comment, and we loved it, and it was fun. So keep them coming. So before we get to SummerSlam 2002, we should probably do a little segment from last week that I got some fanfare. Ooh, yes, okay. welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Get a get a nice warm blanket. Cue the music. Curl up next to a fire mm, mm, and mm, open mm. that 
book, that, that, you know, that, that smell and that feeling of opening a new book. That's what we want this segment to be. And of course, I could only be talking about story time with Uncle Oni. Luke, I mean Oni. And welcome back, everybody. Take it away. To story time with Uncle Oni. I'm going to read a few tweets uh, that the old uncle has uh, gladly bestowed upon us. And here we go. <clears throat> I want to apologize to everyone in the back after 205 Live last night for getting so angry. I like you all very much. Magoo like it's a scumbag and pisses me off very much. <clears throat> Give me some poem, uh, some snaps there. Yeah, some poetry snaps. Yeah. <clears throat> The first person I choose to have on my team is gentleman Jack Gallagher because he was the first person to have my back after 205 Live on Tuesday and because he has a mustache and he knows karate. Mm. My second pick for my team is Akira Tozawa because he's as nuts as me and can bench 225 for 10 no problem. These are hard to read. <clears throat> the third pick for my team is Humberto Carrillo because he trained with me at the PC and I know how freaking good he is and how good he'll be for his... Excuse me, Hellby for this team, and honestly, he's the last real ninja. Forgotten Arn Humberto's last name, my bizzle. <laughs> my bizzle. <laughs> Uncle Oni's on fire every day. Oni. And then he also uh, he has this picture, and uh, I mean, apparently, it is what he says it is. All caps. Me and my dad building stuff. So <laughs> I, I thought that that was a very nice family treasure uh, yes. to share on Twitter. Well, thank you, Oni. Oh, do you want to hear about his final pick? Oh yeah. His final pick. Yeah. What's his final? Who's his final pick? My final pick for my team is Isaiah Swerve Scott because of his past match with Gulak on 205 Live and he might want another crack at Gulak and this is a good opportunity for that and I asked Danny Birch if he could be on my team this Tuesday but he's got to take his dog to the vet. <laughs> Valid excuse. Valid excuse. All right. And correct me if I'm wrong, Isaiah Scott, is that uh Shane Strickland, baby? Local boy. I'm going to his old stomping grounds on you Thursday. Uh, awesome to see him doing well in the WWE. And thank you, Oni. One mm. more snap mm. for Oni. Uncle Before we get into it, and speaking of, shall we get into it? SummerSlam 2002. SummerSlam 2002, a show I had not seen in its entirety in several years. I don't think I've ever seen it in its entirety. Me neither. We, I saw it live, and I think I've seen it one other time since then. I used to have it on DVD. As a frame of reference, this is widely acclaimed as the best SummerSlam in history. And possibly one of the best WWE pay-per-views in And history. I'm not going to dispute either one of those. No. Yeah, man, this this was a, a roller coaster this ride. It's a treat to watch, uh, yeah. This is coming to us from the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, New York. Anybody get an attendance figure for this? 14,797. Bit low for a SummerSlam, but it's a small arena, so understandable. Uh, gets a nice display of pyro off the bat, and I'm, t- I'm telling you what, they are not wasting any of our precious time any. in this show. There was no introduction, really. We go from pyro directly into a match. Well, honestly, even the network, I don't know if this is a new format, uh, with the network, but there was no disclaimers. There was nothing. It was just this is SummerSlam. Yeah, it was like, like crazy. Like I, I, I had to restart the show because usually when I start a show, I'll like get my notes ready to go. I'll get well, comfortable the, and I'll wait for all like the signatures. I'll wait for the announcers to do their thing. Home. And this is like pyro match, and I'm like, I gotta start it over. So, uh, like I said, we do get a display of pyro, and we go straight into a match, which is going to be Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio making his pay per view debut Kurt and all of his bald you suck glory he yeah. looks fantastic he looked great here uh, this is 2002 Kurt Angle can you go wrong and the uh, answer is not no at all. never uh, and uh, w- real quick you said Rey Mysterio this is his debut pay-per-view he had just debuted two months earlier on Smackdown beating Chavo on July 25th 
He then pinned Kurt in a six-man tag match on the August 8th SmackDown. And then Angle called him out the next week, so Mysterio just challenged him to a match at SummerSlam. And then Ray turned up the heat by attacking Kurt during his match that night and then attacked him on the go-home show of SmackDown. Here we are. Who's that jumping out the sky? R-E-Y. But Ray does not jump out the sky. No, mm-hmm. he appears like a like jumps a, out the apron. Like a spooky <laughs> little man. And jumps off the and ropes. He, yeah, and he does gets a springboard maneuver and he he attacks Kurt right off the bat to start this match. And it it just goes from there. This Wow, you guys. Rules, I this dude. match was right up my this alley. This match just wow. didn't stop. No, this was this match was just like intensity from from the moment Ray mm-hmm. attacked Kurt onwards. You know what really kind of made me sad? Huh? Seeing how great Kurt Angle is in this match and compared to his retirement match at WrestleMania, like Kurt Angle is moving just as good as Rey Mysterio in this match. Yeah, dude. This is Kurt at the top of his game, you could yes. argue. Yes, this is Kurt Kurt looked healthy. Kurt looked great. He was fast. He was just so on it. fast. The, the story really in this match was Ray being a much smaller man, constantly trying to get the upper hand, and Kurt just stopping him at every chance he got. He's working over the leg for the ankle lock the whole time. Some really innovative submission work here. But and Ray just being this like scrappy underdog. He always comes back on top. He hits the six one nine in the West Coast pop at one point. Dude, can't and get this the is pinfall. prime Ray. And, and the is, West Coast pop he hits is phenomenal. Oh. I just want to say this is the West Coast pop that was in all the video games back in the yeah. day. It's essentially like a reverse Ron Elm. Right. Yeah. But but remember then the West Coast pop just ended up being anything that he did off that top yeah, rope. It eventually just became the leg drop. Right. And mm-hmm. this was what, what it was originally was yeah uh, that sentence didn't make sense but you know what i mean no i know exactly what you mean man. Uh, the end of the match happens when ray's going for hurricane rana and kurt counters it beautifully into the ankle lock uh and uh, ray has no choice but to tap out in the middle of the ring again this is th- there's something about kurt angles ankle lock submissions in this period and we saw it in the Shawn michaels match a few years later that we covered where when he gets that ankle He's not letting it go. He's right. He is not dude. letting go. Because at one point, Ray's going for the ropes. He rolls out, gets him in the middle of the ring. And eventually, I, I didn't time these matches, by the way, tonight. So I, I apologize for that. Uh, Kyle's going to see if he can get the timer up. I, ha- I have it up. Okay, perfect. Um, Thank you. Kurt uh, Angle won in nine minutes and 20 seconds. By submission. Uh, guys, mm. might be my match of the night. Mm. Oh. Se- and I know we have some legendary matches what? later in the card. I loved this match. I was so invested in this match from the time it started to the time it stopped. If this had this been a 10 minute longer match, 15 minutes longer, this would be a five star match. So I'm. Uh, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. So what did you give it? I gave it 4.25, four and a quarter. I also gave it four and a quarter. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. If you gave this 10 more minutes of this style match, they were going. Five stars, baby. I mean, I, and I know you mentioned this last week at the end of our show, but this card. Is stacked. Holy jeez. Oh my goodness, This guys. might be the best opening match in SummerSlam history. I'm right there with you. I yeah. thought this match yeah. was fan. I mean, this is the type of match that speaks to me. Like, it, it, it told a story. It was intense. It was fast. It got slow when it needed to, but it's, it was balls to the wall. I loved it. Luke, what'd you think? Uh, I gave it four stars. An absolutely hot opener. I mean, the yeah. crowd was... The crowd this whole show was oh, fantastic. Oh my God. And it almost, it almost made me shed a tear... Um, just right away when you see Ray flying around and then Kurt picks his, picks his ankle like while Ray's trying to go underneath him. Yeah. And and he was so quick on the reaction. And seeing both of these guys in their arguably their prime, 
made me long for those days because yeah, they were just right? so I mean, it's, damn it's, good. You could argue it's two of the best workers of all time in their prime. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can't go yeah. wrong with that. And like you said, to, to Kurt's quickness, like there was one point when Ray went for like a wheelbarrow, like he was going to do some kind of like flippy stuff, mm-hmm. and Kurt just turned it into a German suplex. Just deadlift. I mean, I, I can't, if you haven't seen this match, just go watch it and really pay attention to what these two guys are doing because the chemistry they have. I mean, Kurt, man. Mm-hmm. Kurt and was the best in the world at this point, I think. Yes, he was. And actually, kind of goes with my discussion question for this match. What's up? Uh-huh. If he would have never left for TNA and he would have stayed in WWE, where do you think he'd rank? Like, you know, would, would he be in that top four of all time? I think he already is, uh, okay. for one. Mm-hmm. But I think... It's 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 a it's a t- it's kind it's, of a tough question because here's the thing, if he was going to stay in WWE, he would have had to have gotten help. Right. Yes. Had he done that, he'd he probably still be wrestling today. He really needed time off more than anything else to heal, to let his body regenerate, to get off this drug addiction. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of taking this question in a different direction, and I understand that, but that was kind of the direction I was going to go. Had he gotten the help that he needed, and then he stayed continuously in WWE, he still could be working. Yeah, and I, I also wanted to say that he did go to TNA and have some classics, some of the best matches of his career, some of the best matches yeah. of his career. The sad thing is, there's a generation of fans who don't really know Kurt Angle mm. because they did not watch TNA. They did not see the Christian matches and yeah. the AJ matches Sting and matches. the Sting and the Samoa Joes and whoever else was in TNA at one point. They were great. Desmond Wolf actually, not uh, Nigel McGuinness of NXT announcing uh, announcer. They had some great matches yeah. back in the day. Yeah, it's hard to say, right? Yeah, I mean, I I would go that same route. Um, <laughs> You're completely right. It's it's all about the exposure. If he would have right. stayed in WWE, he would have had that exposure, and a whole generation wouldn't have missed out because not everyone was like us and watched Impact on Spike and, and all that sort of a thing. So yeah, I think as crappy as it is to say, Angle would definitely be higher up on that list if he stayed in WWE, assuming that he did get the help that he needed because he is. It's well documented that he says he had no support there in the locker room to get off of his pain pill addiction. In fact, it was encouraged, and he was just. You're talking about TNA, correct? Am or I WWE? WWE, yes. Oh, okay. yes, well, yes, because yes. I do have to say this. He has came out on record a million times and said Dixie Carter was the one who finally put right. her foot down and said, you need to get help, and she saved his life is what he said. Exactly. But I, I mean, just wanted to make sure we were yes, yeah, clear. Yes. I, I was going to point that out because I wanted actually the one positive thing about Dixie C- Carter <laughs> to be mentioned right there. There's a few others you could probably glean. She does seem like a sweetheart. But um, eh, she can't really run a business. So you were saying, you, yeah, no, not not at all. Not, you can't be a sweetheart and run a wrestling business, let's be honest. And know nothing about wrestling, really. Yeah, well, yeah, um, it's a discussion for a different day. Okay, you said for sure that he's in your top four, Kurt Angle. Yeah, he's on my Mount Rushmore. What's your Mount Rushmore, then? Kurt Angle. Yeah. Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the fourth one, guys. What? I'd have to think about it. Either The Undertaker, probably The Undertaker. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Should we move on? Yep. Okay. Uh, up next, we go right. It's weird. We go right into. Well, no, we don't go right into another. We go into the, an this, episode of Brazzers oh of my. Stephanie McMahon <laughs> guys, and Eric Bischoff. Stops. You guys. Okay, I have to ask. I have to ask this. Was this? Was this? Luke, calm down. So made, this was August. Right. They were making out in October, right? Yeah. You yeah. Could, like 
you could tell they were going with like a se- and by the way we're talking about Stephanie McMahon the GM of Raw and no Smackdown. Smackdown and Eric, Eric Bischoff the GM of Ken Raw Ball. man these two this this chemistry was the most awkward thing it was porn level acting ever seen this and so you could tell a few things you could tell the brand split was still kind of fresh because uh, it's like every backstage segment's like Raw's gonna be good and they're like no no Smackdown like every time but then like out on top of that they're acting like fifth graders. Not like their mannerisms, but like their actual acting skills. It's like watching an elementary school play. Add on top of that the fact that there's this like bizarre sexual tension. It's gross. I feel dirty. And it's like Eric Bischoff could be your your dad, Stephanie McMahon. What are you doing? And he's like side eyeing her and giving it like is, that. It grin. is uncomfortable and not in well, a good way. And Stephanie's acting has come a long way too because it was she especially was horrible it was especially here. her being terrible. Yeah, Eric's, she was really Eric's bad. come a long way too. Actually. Oh yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get to the next match. And then we go right into the next match. Uh, mm. Chris Jericho versus Richard Flair. And I got to say, why did they dub Ric Flair's music? I, yes. I was wondering that too. What was he coming out to? But I do have to say, back? I wrote this down before this match. Jerry Lawler said for the next match for SmackDown is going to be Ric Flair and Chris Jericho. And JR stopped him and said, we're at SummerSlam. <laughs> he corrected. JR corrected him a couple times. Oh, yeah, but J- Jerry Lawler definitely said uh, for the next match for SmackDown, we got Ric Flair and Chris Jericho. I think he was. No, he was talking about the brand. Yeah, he was talking about. The, I think he was trying to talk about like this is because remember it's all brand supremacy. Right. So he was trying to say. So I mean, Jr. Jr. missed no reason. The, I think. The, <laughs> well, this isn't a SmackDown match, so no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then. wait. Oh, it's a Raw match. Yeah. Exactly. And he yeah. co- he said the next match for SmackDown oh. on or for SmackDown. And he's a Raw commentator. Yeah. So Jr. That's a good point. Jr. just a good point. threw in there SummerSlam. Uh, yeah. So the first thing I noticed is Ric Flair's dub music is horrible. But he looks great. He he I, he had a lot of hair. He's looking a little flab, but not bad. He's yet. looking WCW into he's, WCW. Yeah. Ric he's Flair. looking pretty really good. good. This is w- one of his first matches back, right? Yes, because remember, he did not wrestle a ton. He didn't really want to wrestle. And then he wrestled Undertaker at WrestleMania 17, right? Uh uh And then it wasn't a lot. This This was the first match. um, Spoiler alert. Isn't this the first match that he won with the figure four since he came back? I could be wrong about Probably. that. Probably. But I thought, because I remember on Pritchard's pod, they were talking about how he was like too self-conscious to use the figure four. And Jericho was like, nah, like... You have to beat me with the figure four, right? Jer- Jericho did push for that, so this might be. I mean, fa- don't fact check. Leave me a voice message if I'm wrong, but I believe this could be the first match back. So I guess that spoils the match. Ric Flair wins in. Oh shoot, Luke. Well, make your I will say okay. Trivia: This is Ric Flair's first SummerSlam match. Well, that's actually Ever. really interesting. Yes. Ric Flair won at ten twenty-two with the figure four. Uh, and Chris Jericho, by the way, yeah, looks amazing too. He does, yeah. Uh, I really like this match. I'll go over a few things with you guys. Okay. Uh, you get some of the typical Ric Flair stuff. He's chopping. He's, Dude. But we, we, we turned the script because instead of getting thrown off the top rope. He did the throwing? He threw Jericho mm-hmm, off the top mm-hmm. rope, which was fun. You didn't get all the Ric Flair stuff in there, but you got the struts. Like, it's Ric Flair really becoming Ric Flair again. You also got chops that sounded like gunshots. Oh, yeah. Flair was chopping. God. I mean, Jericho at one point tied him up on the ropes and was chopping him, too. Um, but Flair's just his chops are legendary. Uh, Chris Jericho is looking great. At one point, he hits that classic running bulldog, but he misses the lion salt. Uh, Y2J hits the figure four himself. At one point, Flair is selling like he's gonna die, which I love. Uh, he eventually gets to the rope, and he, this was weird. So he like he grabs the rope, and then he starts tapping. Right, uh, but and Jr. explained it. He didn't. He grabbed the rope first, which he did. It was right. just kind of weird. I don't yeah, know. JR, Maybe I'm reading too much. JR explained he didn't actually tap out because he was holding the rope. Yeah. So it wasn't a legal hold. 
Um, Jericho, like like Luke said, was looking super great here. He's skinning the cats left and right, not Dude, literally. Uh, there's a spot where he skins the cat right into a chop. Yeah, and it's wasn't that awesome? Uh, something I thought was interesting too. At one point, they were brawling outside. Did you guys see when Jericho peeled back the barricade cover? I yes. did. You don't see that very often. No, that was really unique. And of course, he drops Slayer on it. Uh, well, I don't think they make the barricades the same way anymore either. No, he's no, right. they probably don't. What'd um, you give it? I give it 3.5. I mm, love this match mm. a lot. I, I like this match. I knew I was going to like the match. I liked it more than I thought I was going to. It was it was definitely more of a story match. But, man, seeing Flair doing the stuff, like he could still work. He sneaks a nut shot in, and that's what gives him the figure four. Yeah, that's right, because the ref was distracted by something. It did was Jer- Did Jericho push him? Yeah. Jericho put like palmed him. No, no, no. This was... Was this the really awkward ref bump when like he didn't even push him he like brushed against him because it was charles robinson right it was little nature yeah. yeah he like that thank you for bringing that up so like rick flair like irish whoops jericho who like kind of like he's like runs kind of runs into robinson and he go, goes down like he's been shot it was kind of weird it was a little weird but then mm. that allows the dick shot right in the, the dick, dirtiest player in the game and then the figure four so I really like the match 3.5. I gave it three stars because Mm. I thought there was a few things in it that like just didn't add up completely. There was there was one botch coming from the uh, top rope and Jericho had to try to save it. I could tell that they were having trouble. It was a little slow, but uh, I liked it for the most part. So three stars. I also gave it three stars and I kind of cite some of the same reasons that Kyle did. There wasn't a whole lot of extra stuff. There was a lot of chops. Uh, and the crowd was super hot for it. It's. I think I was a victim of nostalgia for pretty much this whole pay-per-view. Oh, Rick, me too, man. Ric Flair looking fantastic. Chris Jericho looking fantastic. But yeah, it was definitely a three-star match. And it's so weird to think that Jericho was the undisputed champ like a few months before this. Right. Um, so, discussion question for this one. Mm-hmm. Is Chris Jericho following in the footsteps of Ric Flair in his career right now? Uh, how so? Ric Flair continued competing at a high level up high into his age, right? Define, when you say high level, do you mean just against high-level competitors? Both. Like, he was putting on good matches. He was, he put on like a four-and-a-half-star match with Triple H in a Taboo Tuesday Was that a street cage fight? match. Oh, okay. That was like four-and-a-half intercontinental title match. There was a Thank com- you, Quincy, in Slam Chat. Yeah. So, <laughs> some, so stuff like matches. that. And Ric Flair was able to go up until he was about, what, 65, 60? Yeah. Um... Is Chris Jericho following in that same category as one of the few guys that can continue wrestling at a high, high level? I want to say yes. However, I have a few concerns. Mm. Uh, Chris Jericho's, I think, been a lot harder on his body than Rick ever was. I uh, don't think so. You don't think so? In the ring, maybe. Yeah, in the ring. Oh, I, mean, I thought you meant just in Strictly general. in the ring. Oh, okay. Sorry, I should have... I should have... No, Rick d- did put stuff in his body he should never have. But that's... No, in the ring, strictly. Like, especially if you look at the stuff Chris has been doing now in AEW, yep. the man is trying to kill himself. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I think that might shorten his career a little bit. But I'm going to say yes still because, I mean, he's what? Almost 50. Yeah. And, and he's, he's still competing. And he's main eventing all out. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I think you kind of have to say yes. I don't think he'll go as long as Rick, though. I, I don't think there's many guys that can uh, wrestle a, a high-caliber match into their 50s. And I think we're seeing that now mm-hmm. more than ever, right? The, we're seeing it a lot. I think you'll see it a lot, actually. Because I think, as we oh, said, oh, Rick, yes, yes. guys aren't doing some of the stuff to themselves that they used to do. They're living a lot more Clean. Uh, athletic 
lifestyles, clean lifestyles now. So I think you'll see an AJ Styles maybe work till he's 50. You'll probably see a Seth Rollins work till he's 50. I think it'll become more common now. Yes. I think, I think, but then again, like you were saying, in the ring, they're taking bigger bumps. That's true, too. And they're That's doing crazier too. things that are more dangerous. It's a so, trade-off. They, yes. you, it remains to be seen exactly which side of that is. I'm just saying most guys don't make it wrestling high-caliber matches into their 50s. No, right? you're not wrong. You're so, not wrong. So, and Chris Jericho, Ric Flair did it for a and long Jericho's time. Doing it. And Jericho's still doing it. Yeah, to, to answer, I mean, with the way you phrased the question, absolutely he's following in the footsteps, but he's doing it so much better, in my opinion. I mean, Chris? Yes. That, and if Ric Flair hadn't have been in the plane crash... Okay, he probably he would have been capable of putting on a lot more of those classic matches and be more to me in the vein of of competitiveness that Jericho's in. Jericho's got limitations, but he's still able to go through the motions, do almost everything he could before. And he's and, still doing line salts. Yeah, I mean he's he's still doing pretty much all of it. Yeah. Um. So I think he's doing it at a higher level than Rick did. But he's absolutely following that that script. I do have to say one more thing, and this goes back to Zach last week. To the stuffy internet fans making fun of Chris Jericho's weight, piss off. Yeah, that's putting it lightly. Yeah, man. I mean, as we get older, our bodies are going to change no matter who you are. That needs a damn and, rock star. Yeah, and Chris Jericho looks fantastic. Jared, fat my ass. Yeah, I just I just wanted to throw that out there because I've seen that online. Yeah, man, I'm with you there. And I, it just drives me crazy. Hey, I got no issue. If a, I don't care. I'm not a body image guy. No, me neither. I mean, I like a big six-pack well, man. But we love KO. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Ke- Kevin Owens is my favorite wrestler on earth. I'm, ju- yeah. I'm just he's saying. he's a big fat guy. So. I'm just saying Chris Jericho is putting on fantastic matches. Yeah, it doesn't he, matter what and he's his not abs as, look like. He's not as cut as he once was. Yeah, But he still matter. looks fantastic. Yeah. And well, he's 50 years old and could still be. I'll be ass. lucky if I'm alive when I'm 50. And so, Oh, <laughs> shut up. And the fact that he's out there. And some of those stuffy internet fans. Don't make us look at your avi too. Don't make us pop up your profile picture. Oh, yeah. Luke's, Luke's yeah. laying down threats. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dang. Um, shall we move on? Yes, sir. All right. So that was that. Uh, up next, we get Paul Heyman backstage cutting a hell of a Paul Heyman promo. He looks quite slender here. <laughs> Ponytails, a couple pounds thinner, and he uh-huh. is just man. He is like this promo he cuts is fantastic. He's basically just hyping Lesnar up. It said Lesnar killed Hulkamania. Yeah. And he's basically like, you know, now you're going to go out and take the title from The Rock, and uh, you're going to kill The Rock. What a formula that they those two have that just hasn't quit. Yeah. Hasn't even changed. Nope. Not at all. If you look at, at Paul, well, as we'll see in the match, Paul did get involved quite a bit in that match, but the general formula has remained intact, and I think that's awesome. I think Paul's a little more stoogy now. You definitely. Oh, for sure. And a little more like, sure. scared of Brock. Brock's a little more aggressive towards him. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, where like you wouldn't see Paul cut a promo like that on Brock now because yeah. he'd be afraid Brock would just be like, "I'm a, I'm gonna be mean." And Brock doesn't sound like that. I don't know what that was, but yeah. you get the point. Uh, up next, Latino Heat Eddie Guerrero versus Edge. Latino Heat. So a couple things I noticed right off the bat: how weird is it to see a heel Eddie? And he was really healing it yes, up, too. Yes, definitely. He was flipping off the crowd. I mean, the, they hated him. They that, were booing him out of the building. On and how home. young did Edge look Edge, at this? and you, Edge's star was really starting to be on the rise mm-hmm. here. He got a hero's welcome. With the Rob Zombie theme song. Yeah. The Rob Zombie. The Red uh, Red Kruvy. I will say, in this match, I did like this match. Edge looked a little bit green. Um, well, I mean, he's not too far into his singles run. Exactly. exactly. I'm, yep. I'm, it's not. It wasn't like glaring but there's a tiny a few tiny little spots here oh but there, mean, there's one thing that really did bother me that i'll and, get to at the, yeah. when i rate my match um so i will say that um edge got a hell of a pop though. he did he was over 
this is when I think they could kind of start to realize like this guy's going to be a superstar. The, 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 the thing is though that like after this, Edge had a real start and stop push for a very yeah, long he did. time. He did because he had injuries mainly. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. Um, so oh, also, uh, thank you, Long Island, for being so classy with your deport Eddie sign. Oh, I saw oh, that. Damn, real, real. I miss that. Real good stuff here. Uh, I like this match. Uh, Eddie avoids a suplex into a top rope neckbreaker, which was pretty cool. Like he, he's Edge is uh, trying to, uh, or Edge trying to spear Eddie. He gets on the top rope. Eddie does and snaps Edge's neck, which was a cool spot. Uh, Edge, uh, it gets injured at one point. I believe it was his. It was a shoulder that got injured because yep. he got sent outside. Eddie is like a, a shark to blood and just goes after the shoulder. The rest of the match slams him into the steps, which actually makes his shoulder bleed. Great visual because yep. now you actually can see the visual element of the shoulder injury. When Eddie does Kyle. nothing but just go yeah, straight. Don't up the don't <laughs> don't take don't take my bitch. I'm not gonna. Uh, uh, Edge Edge is trying to fight, but as his shoulder is really hurting, like I said, it was bleeding. Edge suplexes Eddie outside of the ring from the that outside cool. of the ring, which was awesome. Uh, Edge hits this massive crossbody to Eddie outside at one point. Massive cross. He got so much air on the crossbody. The form was a little iffy, like he didn't really get his arms up very much. Right. But st- I'm not gonna, you know, nitpicky. I couldn't do it. Uh, I'm a big fat guy. Uh, Edge gets the knees up on a beautiful frog splash attempt. Uh, then we hit the execution. Do you remember the execution? Yes. I do. Yes. For a near fall. Um, eventually, Eddie gets the frog splash onto Edge's shoulder, which was a really cool that spot. That was so cool. And then uh, Edge recovers and eventually hits the spear and wins by pinfall in uh, 11.50. I like this match. I like this match a lot. What, what'd you give it? 3.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a really fun match. It's it's two guys who are on the rise. Obviously, Eddie was a veteran, a ring veteran at this point, uh, but two guys whose star was on the rise in the WWE. Kyle, tell me what you hated so much about so, this so match. So I gave it three and three quarters, and at first I had it at four, right? Oh. But then something really got to me when I was thinking about it. Tell us. How are you going to spear a yep, guy yep. with your hurt shoulder that has been worked on all match and had a frog splash just onto your shoulder and there's no pain in it when you run into another all he had to huge do, male? All he had to do was sell it a little bit after the pinfall. Like He's, RBD did with his frog splash. Uh-huh. So he sold it the whole match, then spears him with the same shoulder and it does no damage to edge himself. Yeah, Everything in this it's match really was clicking good. for me. I was loving it. That dropped it down. That's a really good uh, point. Yeah, that's a very really good. good point. Well, especially and that could come down to edges and experience too. Yeah. You know? Also, yeah, but it just drove me nuts. That that just shows you. That just goes to show though what little nuances really affect a match. Yeah. Especially it's one more that, than just spots, right? This it's, was so reliant on storytelling, and yeah. Eddie told such a good story. He never left that shoulder alone. He, never. He was brutal in this match. Yeah. Man, Eddie was mean brutal streak. in this match. Yep. Yeah. For Luke, sure. Luke, would you give it? I gave it a three and a half. Uh, two at this point, two young future Hall of Famers, and it was, uh, I mean, a lot of fun to watch. Question: huh? Yes, was this during Eddie's first run or a second run with the company? Do you guys know? I think this was the first before he. Yes. that's what I thought. Yes. Before he wrestled he, CM Punk this was in mul- like two thousand three. This was mullet Eddie. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he came Short back hair, without a mullet. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. That's what I thought. Um, go ahead. Oh, no, go. Uh, I did like they started off with some really cool chain wrestling, and Edge even got like Edge tied Eddie up in the ropes, his arms, and got like a spear on him while yeah, he was in the was ropes. Yeah, that was cool, and that was sick. They didn't call it a spear though, which kind of bugged me. Yeah, it, it bugged me as well, but it was it was totally a spear. But yeah, Eddie. I mean, what what can you say? Eddie's just incredible. Yeah, man, this this was awesome. So 
my discussion is not really a discussion. I want a one-word answer. Okay. You don't have to follow it up. I'm going to put a poll up about it. I'm going to write down everyone's answers. Cool. If everybody disagrees on it, if Edge were to come back for one more match, which mm. has been kind of floated around, who does he wrestle? Who do you want to see? It doesn't matter face or heel. Who would do you want to see in a dream match versus Edge? Who do I want to see or who do I think it would you be? You want to see. You want to see this match. It doesn't matter if they're a face. doesn't matter if they're a heel. You want to see this match. I want one word. Go. Or uh, I guess two if it's a name. Luke, you go first. I got to think about this. I got mine. I got mine 100%. Who's AJ, yours? AJ Who's Styles. Your? Oh. Mm. Well, is this assuming that he's going to be any anything, any close to up to snuff? Just I mean, fantasy book, Luke. Just fantasy book. All right. I got mine. Kevin Owens. That's a good one. In in the Canada battle. I'm going for the Battle of the Spears. I want to see him take on the big dog, Roman Reigns. Oh, but that, yeah, yeah. That would be a good match, you guys. Yeah. You can't, you can say what you want about Roman, but he can go. Okay. That, I just won the one word. Cool. And I'm going to put a pull up about it later. That was a good, that was a good one, Kyle. I like that. Uh, So that was that match. Very enjoyable. I'm doing my around the horn type impersonation from ESPN, you know? Have you seen... Have you seen the videos where they fantasy book like whole entire storylines where they just rewrite them? Yeah, like uh, uh, like with the action figures. Sure, man. Yeah, we yeah we could totally do that. I I think I think that uh, we could have some really good stuff there. I yeah. think we should start doing that. That'd be fun. Okay, up next, uh, I hate the un-Americans are in the I back and they're like this gimmick. They're like we hate America. I disagree. I actually kind of like this. Gimmick. I know. See, and I even wrote down. I know some people don't mind the foreign heel gimmick. I just think. Even by 2002, it was so played out. Well, and, and, and and you can just see, like, when you look at Christian and you see him being this, like, generic foreign heel, like, and Lance Storm, too, for that matter. They, they are so much more than that. They weren't the right guys to be in this role. But if you continue looking on it, guys like Muhammad Hassan, right? Yep. Like It they, can work. It can work. The Iron Sheik perfected it back in the day. Oh, yeah. I and just then, need more than, I just need, I need it to have more substance than I hate America because I'm not American. Right. And that's what the Un-Americans was. But no. the, the Un-Americans also mm-hmm. had the flag upside down. They were doing a lot of symbolic stuff that will tie into my thing later. The flag while they're carrying it upside, upside down. down. and uh, imagine, On their shirts, too. Imagine doing that now. You couldn't. That that will tie into no, my discussion. Um, I will. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. steal from you. But there's. You say that it's a super basic, uh, foreign heel gimmick. But even with this promo that they cut, there's a few extra layers that we kind of also saw with Hassan. But we can we can move on. That does lead directly into their match, mm-hmm. which is going to be Booker T and Goldust, the tag team champions, versus the Un-Americans for the tag team titles. Uh, it would be Lance Storm and Christian representing the Un-Americans in this uh, instance. And fun fact, these four guys, there's only one currently active wrestling today, and that is Mr. Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that wild? That's and he's true. the oldest one out of him, isn't he? Yeah, I was going sure to say, if you were to ask me back then, I would have told you Christian or Booker T would be wrestling longer than... Even Storm, I think, yeah, I would have said probably. Gold Dust. Um, so, I will say, when the Un-Americans first came out, they didn't get a huge heel reaction, but as the match went on, they, they did more and more to kind of um, get the crowd hating on them. It. They hammed it up. Uh, this was a very old school, very formulaic tag team match. Uh, but I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It was just like the classic formula for a tag team match in the WWE. It was the heels being heels, beating up, uh, wearing down in this case, gold dust to the point where he has to get that tag. He has to get that tag. It doesn't come. 
Uh, and then, you know, he gets the tag, but the ref didn't see it. So Booker T has to go back into the end. Uh, eventually, Goldust gets a roll up and a double down, uh, which eventually does reach lead to the tag, which was the fake tag to Booker. Uh, eventually, he gets the tag. Booker takes out everyone, does a spinning Rooney, which the roof almost came off the Coliseum. Well, he, he, yeah, he does a double a double. Kick. Yeah, he does the double scissor kick yeah. and takes out both members of the Un-Americans. And then... Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I said that Goldust and Booker T were the champions. That's incorrect. The Un-Americans were the champions. Yeah, Lance and Christian. I apologize. Uh, they retain after Test runs in and uh, destroys... Who was it? Booker. Goldust? Booker with the big boot. And then he runs away. And 9.37. And, uh, yeah. Who this, was, you know what? who that ref was? That who? damn ref? Was it Nick Patrick? It was Nick uh-oh, Patrick. Uh-oh. Where's Slick Johnson when you need him? Oh, I, uh, I miss me a Slick Johnson. What? Uh, there was a couple things. I did like this match, by the way. What'd you give it? I give it three stars. Okay. It was a very formulaic tag team match with four really good workers. Right. It's impossible for it to be bad, right? It's impossible for this match to be bad. Test involvement is fine. I, they I, are the heel faction. Yep. So it makes sense for Test to get involved. Uh, again, I just... It's so hard for me to get on board with these foreign heel gimmicks, especially when the crowd's chanting like, USA! And like, Goldust is like... Getting fired up because of a USA chant felt a little bit out of character to me. Gold Dust doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's like a patriot, you know. That uh, man gets fired up about anything. That's a yeah. nit, that's a nitpick though. Sure. This was a good match, and like I said, when you have four guys the caliber of Worker and Dave Meltzer can frick off because Dustin Rhodes can work. Frick off. Uh, well, three I mean, star, it's a three star match by by default almost. It didn't have to do anything over the top. It didn't need to. It was a good match in the middle of the card. So I'm over explaining it, but three three stars. <laughs> Um, I also gave it three stars. I thought it was your basic tag team match. It was not bad by any means. It was not great. No one's going to say it's a match of the year. Um, I would watch it a second time, though, because I just really enjoyed it. I actually liked the test interference at the end. Mm-hmm. I had be- no issue with it at all. It because it helped It helped advance the storyline, but also test got his comeuppance later. Yep. Uh, I gave it three stars as well. Oh, nice. Lots of cheap heat. Lots oh, of yeah. cheap heat from yeah. the Un-Americans, which, of course, when you have that foreign heel gimmick, to your credit, It's, it's Zach, natural there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of go-to cliches For sure. you can hit them with. Um, I I love Booker T and Goldust. Me too. I think, I think they that made that was a such very, a good team. I think that was a very underrated tag team, especially from a promo and entertainment standpoint. I mean, those those little uh, video packages they did backstage where they were, like, reviewing movies and crap and, like, yeah. Star Wars. yeah. Like that stuff was gold, and I almost wish that yeah, they had gold. no no pun. Yeah, yeah, you beat me to it. Bazinga. I I almost wish that they could have had some sort of little comedy spot in here between Goldust and Booker. The Spinner Rooney was the closest that we got to like a comedy spot. Which in the, match. the crowd the crowd, the crowd went nuts. popped so big for that Spinner Rooney. Big time. Um, yeah, so I mean my, I enjoyed it. My discussion for that was kind of what me and Luke were going earlier. Can a gimmick with this much sim- symbolism and uh, hatred towards a America, the country, can that work today where everybody is so easily offended and you have one side of the country who has one opinion, the other has the other, so it's going to be split, right? Zach? Short answer? Can it work? Yes. Because it has worked recently. When Rusev was on top with his big U.S. title run. Yes, His but whole thing was... I gotta tell you, since Rusev was the U.S. champion, it seems like things, things have changed. changed. Um, yes, you can yeah. even look at Jinder Mahal. Jinder was who I was Not thinking. that he had a ton of heat for that reason specifically, but he kind of had that going on. Uh, I think 
could you do can could you bring back the un-Americans today with doing what they do? Absolutely not. No. There would be so much backlash that exactly. it would get stomped That's... to the ground. Uh so yes and no, I guess. So uh, No, I guess. I'm changing my answer. No. There you go. So here's here's where I'm going with it. Um and I mentioned this earlier. So the un-Americans, even in their promo, and I wish I could give examples, um, like Muhammad Hassan, when they're when they're dissing on America and saying they hate America, they are giving legitimate things, legitimate reasons that that Americans have like this natural ignorance or this natural bigotry towards other people. So they they'll bring up decent points, and it's like if in this day and age, I think a lot of people are a lot more open-minded and, and think more intuitively so it's like oh wow yeah i guess that is kind of messed up so it wouldn't have the full heel heat we're just like oh no they're just insulting americans like and you know when that started in wrestling was mm-hmm. hussan yes yeah but that's how yes. he was that's why i think that's the best foreign heel gimmick i've ever seen but, but because he he was making people go oh yeah and, and you didn't see that with the un-americans not that that's a bad thing i think that they did that even here like they didn't make people think that but they were they had decent points so yeah. they so they did the same thing essentially that hassan did people just didn't notice it as well as they did with hassan and i'm not trying to get political or racial involved but it's because Hassan was playing Middle Eastern. a Middle Eastern yep, and that person. struck a chord and i think and, that's part of it with me too is because they are and and maybe you know maybe it is I'm not thinking of it the right way, but when I see a Canadian do an anti-American thing, like there's a disconnect for me there, right? Because it's not like Canadians are exposed. Even to Even though like, you were bigotry. just saying Jinder Mahal was good at it, he was. He's Canadian. Kinda. I know, but you know, <laughs> but like, but a very tan. It's really, yeah. it's really hard for me to make that connection because the Iron Sheik, because Muhammad Hassan, they actually are exposed to and, bigotry, and, and I, I'm, I'm supposed to believe that Canadians are too. I wouldn't even know these people were Canadian if I passed them on the yeah. street. And know? just so you guys know, we also know Muhammad Hassan was not, yeah, Arab, yeah, yeah obviously, but but that's just he's what doing he's like. He's, he's a school Italian. principal now. So. Yeah, he's a school principal now. And he sounds like he's doing awesome. And he wrestled recently, so I, I root for that guy, man. I think that he got the short end of the stick. And at that I time. think I think he could have been the next monster heel. I agree. I think he was him and Davari. It man. was one, of, and I know we've talked about it before, so we don't need to get into it super a lot. But I think that was one of the most subtle, well done angles in the history of the company, and it's a shame it had to end the way it did. Shall well, we move just on? timing was just the worst. Yeah, yeah. Shall I we move on? I'm going to quickly just. Go, go over this Jimmy Noble and Nidia from Thank from this, like Dave and Buster's. Or, it's actually it was the world, world. But it looks like a Dave and this Buster's. This was ridiculous. This was like it was like a a dating segment in a way of Noble trying to get, see get one of these guys to make out with Nidia, and it was the trashiest, corniest thing I have ever seen. I ever. Huh? I kind of liked it. Wait, why? Because Jamie Noble is hilarious. Okay, Jamie Noble's Noble's funny, but this is awful. So had Jamie Noble not been in this, I would have hated it. But the thing that made it so funny to me was that you had Nydia like mounting this guy on this couch and her, her Jamie Noble her boyfriend's back there like yeah baby get it do do right dude do that thing with your tongue that she likes so much and yeah, I just yeah I kind of liked it like I kind of <laughs> oh, I hated it it was uh, very out of place yeah but, I mean that was. And that was it for WWE New York, by the way. Thanks. No, no, no. For, the world. Right? The world. That, that's right. That got. Uh, that was the new name canned, for it. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all gone now. Yeah. Same building. Uh, after the same that, thing. We get names. another awkward segment between Steph and Eric. This one is talking about the next match because this is, part two. This is going to be a SmackDown versus Raw match. Uh, still awkward and bad that segment was. I think 
Man, what two like weird backstage segments to have back to back. We don't get a video package. We don't get like a storyline reason why these matches are happening. Like it kind of feels disjointed. Here's but it's like thing. here's Nidia making out with someone. Here's Eric and Steph. Maybe they're gonna fuck. Here's a match. Like it's just like you know what's it's kind w- of I could have used a video package or two more. You could have taken all of the backstage promos, even including the Heyman Brock one. You could have taken everything out and just done the matches, and you wouldn't have missed any plot. You're not wrong. And, and the video packages, of course. I did keep, like the Heyman those. segment, but you're right. Like, none of that needed to happen. Yeah, keep, keep just the video packages in. None and of the And keep promos. the Heyman thing. And that was cool. Yeah. And, and you will not miss anything of substance. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's the, it sucks, uh, the Steph and Eric stuff. Uh, but that does lead to our next match, which is Chris Benoit versus Rob Van Dam for the Intercontinental Championship mm, that... Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. No, that was just... I, I love these two. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, the belt that Chris Benoit is currently holding... Um, is blurred out. It is? Yeah, it's because it's got the WWF logo oh, on it. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. So, uh, the, I guess the story here is Chris Benoit won the belt on SmackDown, then he defected to Raw, or am I getting that backwards? I think he won the belt on Raw, then defected to SmackDown. So, Smack, so Raw's kind of left without a mid-card title, so RVD is going to fight on behalf of Raw in an attempt... To bring the belt back to Raw so they can have yes, the Intercontinental Championship back. Um, first thing I want to say about this match. These two beat the fucking shit out of each other. Pardon my French. This was a... St- these guys were... Put- you know... When you have a wrestling match when both guys are bleeding from the mouth by the end, these oh, yeah. t- these guys potatoed each other this whole match. It was and awesome. I loved it. Well, I loved it. I mean, that's what they're both known for, especially RVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um... Yeah, this was just a hard-hitting match. Again, this whole card, what's the theme of this card? Two of the best workers of their generation in their prime facing off. It's impossible to ha- for them to have a bad match. Right. And they didn't here. Uh, I do have to say, obviously, I feel like every time we do a Chris Benoit match, we have to put a big asterisk next to it. As much as we love what he was able to do in the ring, he... Uh, Dude, it's, it's, it's it. There's something in the air when you right. watch a Chris and, Benoit match, and it's hard to watch. And this was going to be my discussion question, so let's get we might as well get to now. it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it does affect everybody's viewing of a Chris Benoit match. It does mine. Uh, it, it definitely bothers me. I can I can definitely understand that the human and the character are different, and I can watch a character's match, but it it's kind of sickening, and it does. Make it tougher to watch because of what he's done, and it makes you uh, have the 2020 vision of the past on what he should shouldn't have been doing in some of these matches. So it does suck. Yeah, I mean I'm with you. It, it's it's a cloud over any of his matches, and I just really want to make sure that I'm separating the man Chris Benoit from and the, and the things that he did, whether he was of sound mind or not. Correct. Yeah. And the in ring worker Chris Benoit, because one of them. Is is a special special athlete who deserves his place in the pantheon of pro wrestling, and the man himself has done things so unspeakable that he doesn't deserve that same accolades that I just said he deserved. If, the, that, if that makes sense. There's there's a band I really like called uh, I I don't really seek him out to listen to him anymore. The Lost Prophets, and the lead singer did something very very bad, very very terrible, disgusting. And it's hard for me to listen to their music knowing that's what that person did. But every so often I can find an enjoyment in one of those songs. But you have to be able to understand that being a fan of Chris Benoit, being a fan of the Lost Prophets Does band, not mean that the, you endorse 
yes, the things they've done. But it also means I would never wear a Chris Benoit t-shirt. Nope. No, no. Uh, it's 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 just a really fine line that you, even saying that you don't think they did it, or you 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 think they were set up in like, it's just not something you should go. Shouldn't go yeah. there. Uh, with that being said, can we talk about the match? Oh, and one last thing. It's oh, just, sorry. It's just Luke. a shame that he's one of the one of the 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 wrestler is one of the best wrestlers ever. Easily. Easily. And yeah, so he you know did what he did and. It's terrible, but let's talk about the match, which wasn't terrible. No, not at all. Uh, man, Chris Benoit can hit a cripple across face from any position. He countered a rolling thunder and a five-star frog splash into the cripple across face. And I have to say, cripple across face, possibly my favorite submission of all time. It's up there. I love the cripple across well, face. Well, when he puts the when he When Chris Benoit... he is just wrenching. Yeah. Uh, man, this was a really fun match. Uh so they're fi- it's back and forth the whole time. Both I mean RVD's kicks you can hear from the bl- nosebleeds. Same with the chops of Benoit, one of the best choppers of all time. Right. There's chops, there's kicks, there's frog splashes, there's there's er- German suplexes, everything you could want from a Chris Benoit RVD matches here. The end eventually does come when RVD uh, is able to uh, they have a kind of an awkward superplex where like they kind of land on each other, yeah. which is kind of a botchy thing, but it does lead directly to the finish where RVD hits this beautiful. You guys, this frog splash Rob Van Dam hits. Did you notice this? It was beautiful. The man t- does like a forty-five degree turn mm-hmm. to redirect himself in midair and hits this beautiful five-star frog splash, and he wins the belt by pinfall in sixteen minutes and thirty seconds. So decently le- a decent length of a match. What'd you give it? I give it three point five stars. Uh, really liked it. I mean, like I said, I know that's the theme of this card, but when you have so, I mean, this has to be the most stacked card ever yeah. in WWE. Think about the talent that was mm-hmm. on the roster at this time. I mean, and they're they're giving good matchups too. And this was just another one. I loved this match. You know what? Three point seven five. I gave it four stars again with my fours a lot in this yep. card. Uh, very good match. I loved watching it. It was brutal. They didn't mess anything up. It was good, like very well paced. Uh, Benoit even locked in, or not Benoit, RVD locked Benoit in the Crippler Crossface at oh, one point. Oh, that's right. I forgot um, to mention that. Also, you can still catch Rob Van Dam Wrestling Friday nights for Impact Wrestling. You can see him on Twitch. Yes, sir. Nice plug. Yeah. Uh, I gave it three and three quarters because it was amazing. And it's funny, uh, you, you mentioned, Zach, that Benoit can literally slap on a crippler cross out of anything. That's the same way I feel about Angle and, and the ankle lock. And it's crazy that, I mean, I think those two are the two best submission specialists ever. Smojo's up there, too. Yes, he is. But, no, I'm but, with you, though. I'm with but you. those two, if I, if I had, especially back in the day, if Benoit or Angle was facing someone that I was rooting for, there was constant nail-biting fear for me. Like, yeah. that at any point, they could the get match caught could be and over. lose. Yeah. I mean, and there's not very many people, especially from a submission standpoint, that I ever felt that about. And those, it's just crazy that those two were on the same roster at the same time with the same like yeah. and amount of talent level. What a rub for RVD, because how many people can you say have got got out of the cripple crossface not once but twice because there were two times in this match uh where benoit had rvd dead to rights cripple crossface middle of the ring and both times rvd got out of it and he won the belt so uh it might have been a predictable finish because you know when the, and this happens even today when you shuffle the rosters and suddenly oh both mid card titles are on one show you know it 
it, it becomes a little predictable that yeah, well, obviously they're gonna need that belt back. Yeah. But still, it doesn't take away from the match for me. So, I'm three point five stars. Also, there's a <laughs> man. They cut to Bischoff and Stephanie. Oh God. At it, one point in this match, this if, is the worst one. And if it couldn't get more awkward, Stephanie gave the worst line delivery I've ever heard. It sounded so fake. She's still there. They're watching it from an angle, of course. And Stephanie's like, "Yeah, get him, Benoit." It's, I, I had to stop the show and laugh. For oh, like in the a match. few in minutes. The yeah. Match, you're saying, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was in the middle of the match. And uh, after the match, uh, we get to go back to them, and it's bad again. And well, it's the worst. And Steph gives the most psycho laugh response. It's just oh, it's God. so bad. I don't know. I feel like Bruce Pritchard was responsible for this. Bruce, how dare you? Sorry, Bruce, friend of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> and up next, this is the match that deserves a video package because our first video package of the night goes to Test and uh, The Undertaker. Well, I mean, it's it's basically an un-Americans video package. It's funny that they didn't that's play true. it for the that's tag true. Team match. Yeah, that's true. It's basically just showing them hate in America. And, uh, of course, this is the American badass, but, so it's a natural rivalry. So I do have one little example, and it's it's a goofy one, but it's kind of on the same vein as the Hassan thing I mentioned earlier. Hit me. So during that video package, Christian says, why does the average kid know every Britney Spears song but not the Bill of Rights? That's a good point. Yeah, that was actually I mean, a good that, line. That stuff like that is what they were throwing out that was like, oh, wow, yeah. But that's not just like, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole with you guys right now, but that's not just an American thing. Like, right. pop culture has infiltrated many Western yes. cultures. I, I think I think we should stay on course with the Undertaker yeah. test. Um, this match sucked. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was bad. It wasn't, I don't want to say it was, it was kind of bad, but it wasn't like a dumb, it wasn't like that Phineas and like Headbangers match that we watched in that Survivor Series. Oh, the one that Luke and his brother liked? Yeah. It whoa, was, whoa, 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 Luke and his brother. <laughs> it wasn't that. It just these guys didn't click. It, it didn't was a, click at it was all. a big slow molasses fight, and I you guys know I don't like those and unless it's Michael Elgin versus. But that wasn't Brian slow. Cage. That, wasn't that was a that was a big hoss fight. Um, yeah, this was just uh, it was just there. Listen, every show is gonna have one of those like bathroom break matches. This was it. This was it. Which uh, is sad because the Undertaker is. One of the best ever. Undertaker gets all his shit in. He gets the old school. He gets the snake eyes. He, he gets has to the try choke twice slam. for the old school. Yeah, he had to try twice. Uh, uh, Test does kick out of the choke slam, which leads to well, it was a bad looking choke slam. And too. then he tries for the last ride. Which I, I miss that move. I know. Lot, Me too. Actually. And he actually ends up winning with the tombstone. The tombstone mm-hmm. in, in eight minutes and eighteen seconds. So at least it wasn't very long. And um, the and the. Christian and Storm took some huge choke slams. Too. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they ran in and attacked Undertaker. And Undertaker and there's no single, DQ. Undertaker single-handedly destroyed them both. Yep. Uh, and then hit the tombstone to test to win the match. Would um, you give it two stars? It wasn't the worst thing I'd ever seen, but it was forgettable. At least the crowd was into it. I guess if you're gonna find a positive out of it, at least the crowd was into it. I mean, it was a two-star match, but on this card, it looked like a negative four compared to all the matches that were on there. The, there's no DQ bothered me when Christian and Storm ran in and were like. But to be fair, they never actually put. They never got the chance. No, they to, never got to. Touch they never him. got the chance to put hands right, on Baker because he still, just still. They were just, in there. Yeah. And then a chair was thrown in, and it was yeah. just like this is dumb. So two stars. Uh, I mean Undertaker's fantastic though, and I always kind of had a soft spot for Tess because he messaged me on MySpace once. But <laughs> nice. is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Luke, okay. what'd you give it? Um. <laughs> It's funny that you guys mentioned the the actually liking the garbage boss man Phineas match because I mean I gave this two and a quarter 
And I think for a lot of trash Haas matches that we've reviewed on this show, I think that this wasn't terrible. Um, it's it, worse it, because of the card. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think in the con for context sure. is king. I think that that's, that's a big reason. But Test, I want to give him some credit because 2002 Test and 1998 Test are two completely different skill levels. I think that from the some a lot of the crap test matches I've seen, he looked serviceable here and he looked okay. Mm -hmm. um, also, it's so nice seeing a version of the Undertaker that can, uh, you know, move. Uh, yeah, actually, I did notice that again. Like nostalgia. this wasn't like you said. This wasn't like a bad match, really. It was just it didn't hold my interest. Um, I guess at the end of the day. And then also, I don't know if this was just the the bike he had that night, but good God, Undertaker looked massive on that tiny ass <laughs> motorcycle. He did. He looked massive, dude. It was like he's on a mini bike. At least the USA stuff made sense in this match too. He's, like, yeah, the American because he's the American. Like, he was. He's, very... in his, he's in his big evil short hair phase. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Um, so yep. my one question here, another yeah. yes or no. Okay. Don't don't go into it. I won't. It. I won't. I won't. I'm sorry. Would you like to see Undertaker return as the American badass motorcycle Undertaker, Big Evil, whatever you want to call it, for one one off like Cena did at WrestleMania? No. Okay. Not for a match, but a one off, just like Cena did at WrestleMania. All right. No. Well, I, yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he there wasn't a match there. It was it was just him rap battling and yeah. Elias, right? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I would be okay with that. Yeah, I want to see him come back one more time. I don't want to see him wrestle ever again, but I would love right. to see him <laughs> ride his motorcycle down Fair and enough. choke slam someone. And and maybe last ride um, jo uh, Johnny wrestling or something. Someone tiny that he can easily I was going to say, ride. if you want to see him last ride someone, he's probably going to break his shoulders. <laughs> Just have a Fair. tiny dude that he last rides. Um, we do get another video package after this. Uh, this one's really good, though, uh, because they had good material to work with. And this is leading up to the Shawn Michaels... Uh, Triple H unsanctioned street fight. Uh, of course, Shawn Michaels returned finally from his back surgery, and uh, Triple H promptly turned on him after they teased a DX reformation. Um, he came back a couple months before that for NWO. So oh, a couple yeah. months before, but he never wrestled. Uh, he never no. wrestled. This is his first match back in the WWE because he did wrestle for his own promotion once. Uh, but this is his first WWE match back. I got to say a couple things off the bat. Unsanctioned matches are kind of funny to me because it's like it's not and it's not in the record books. Ooh, hoobie doobie Ooh. doesn't count. But you're using the full WWE production, a WWE official, you're using a WWE ring, yes. lights, camera, like it's kind of silly. Like but, even the AEW stuff, like with Moxley and Janela, was like you're still using an AEW official, you know. But it's wrestling. Who cares? Right. Yeah, but I'm. You're right. They could have just called it a grudge match. Yeah. Uh, Same effect. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's just fun. Uh, also, I just I squirm when people wear jeans in street fights because I know they're going to get disgusting by the end of the match, and they they did here. Oh, that's a weird point. Yeah. Uh, so I just like that's what stood out for me watching the show live was how disgusting Sean looked by the end of it. Uh, this is just a classic brutal street fight. Uh, also, it is weird seeing Sean come out with his vest and chaps on, and then just like jeans, jeans a underneath. belt buckle, and a white wife beater <laughs> that says. Uh, Philippians 413. Do we know what that verse says? Yes, I looked yeah, it, it up. Yeah, it means uh, Stoke Cold just kicked your ass. Luke, what does it actually mean? I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Perfect. Uh, so fun and little bottom line. messaging there for Sean. Again, born again. Um, man, I just, watching this match, uh, I had some problems with it. Oh. Not major ones. Really? The first half of this match, drug on for me. The When it was Triple H just being Triple H... 
I was I thought that part lasted a smidge too long before Sean's comeback. Uh, but once that there was a moment in the match, it was when Sean nipped up and the crowd just went wild, and it was a back and forth affair from then. Can from, we settle the? Is it a nip up or a kip up? They both mean the same thing. Yeah, people. They, people they were. It was both. actually referred to as both on in this show. Yep. Really? Yeah. Uh, so whichever one you want to say, but okay. from that moment on, I thought the match was money, and it wasn't terrible before that. I just thought that the Triple H being Triple H segment lasted couple minutes too long for me like i kind of started to check out a little bit uh but that being said man i i was i i got sucked back into the story again like right. i was like it was 2002 all so over so what again. did you give it i gave it 4.25 and why oh, um, i guess you just said that yeah because the had that had that you just trimmed that triple h beat down a couple minutes i'm looking at a 4.5 star match you know 4.75 even like it just <sighs> lasted a little i just I'm starting to think I don't really like Triple H matches. That's all right. I gave it four and a half. Um, first of all, I have to point something out. Yeah. Referees are usually little bitches. Earl Hebner was, was not he having was Triple H's. Dude, Earl. he was on one in this match. Yeah, like When Triple H pushed him and he started pushing Triple H back, yeah. I was like, maybe my friend Spencer were watching it, and I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah, Earl was. I thought for sure he was going to get pedigree so, or something, but Triple H was kind of like, ooh. I absolutely loved that. I love all the weapon shots in this match. Uh, a lot of weapons. You got the, your chairs. You, you had got, your, at one point he back broke. Uh, he being Triple H gave Sean a backbreaker on his you know his surgically repaired back onto an open chair. Uh, brutal looking spot. And there. then the elbow from the the top of the ladder. Ta- yeah, that was so, awesome. And then it was a roll up for the the win yeah, after Sean a pedi- won with after a, roll a pedigree up. attempt. Yep, and that was in how many? 27 minutes and 50 seconds. So a decently a lengthy match. I so thought Luke, it was almost too long. All right, long. guys. What, you gave it five, didn't you? All right, guys. He gave it five. I gave this some bitch five stars. <laughs> I knew he was going to do no, it. No, so so hold on. Okay. You're, you, it did not hold your attention. The first, but, the first half. Right. But here's why it held mine. First time in four years that we, that we knew of. We, obviously, he wrestled in his school. Doesn't count. First time since WrestleMania 14. That we'd seen Shawn Michaels wrestle. He had a surgically repaired back. Jim Ross is losing, and I guess me being I alone. Me- I meant to mention that. Me being alone by myself probably was added to it because I could hear everything. And Jim Ross was frantic. I, that- sh- I sh- wrote that down, and I, sh- I forgot to mention it. it. It's definitely worth noting. JR added a great deal to this match. So yeah. He was friend- He was begging for Shawn Michaels to throw in the towel throughout this match. He begged for Earl to do a fast count just yeah. so it would be over. Yeah, that, so, I, I'm really glad you brought that up. I totally glanced over it. So with JR and, and that beatdown that drug on for you, for me, every single hit was brutal. Shawn was selling his ass off. And I actually every like single, that. Every spot was on his back. Every yeah. single Sean's spot. Shawn's always been such a talented seller, though. And both guys were, of course, bloody by the end of the and, match. And Earl standing up and being like, God damn Wasn't it, enough cool? is yeah. enough was an amazing moment because he was he also was the same way. It's like, no, you have to yeah. you're going to paralyze. You're gonna this guy. kill him. And as far as believability goes, two thousand two was still the internet was loading up, you know, we would wait an hour for a picture. Okay. I guess DSL was kind of getting there. But in 2002, believability was still a factor. All of that was still a factor. So people didn't know what they were going to see. They, they hadn't seen Shawn Michaels. Well, also, there's the very real thing. about His back injury was very real, too. Very yeah. real. So seeing Triple H target it did, it did elicit a response. I just, for me, I'm looking at it not from a 2002 perspective. I'm looking at it from now. I'm trying to look at it from a 2019 perspective. Okay. And uh, I did get sucked back into it. 
to a degree. I actually like the beatdown at first because of what Luke said. Yeah. Because it's Shawn Michaels' first and, match back. Yeah, like you said, JR's commentary, man. Go back If you want to be a commentator, go back and listen to it because uh, it really was no, it, the highlight of the match It was me. really good. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just couldn't give it above four and a half. And, I, I'm, with, I'm with you there. Though. And I like the match. I'm like, Don't get me wrong. I, it's a sure, good match. It's sure. a great match. But for me, so Triple H and we've watched our fair share of Triple H matches for this show. Um, when it's, when it's, uh, DQ, when there's DQ, when it's not no holds barred, those matches are kind of painful to watch. They are. And I think that's what we're all discovering is it's like, no, there's not very many classic Triple H matches. All the ones the you think only, of are street fights. The only, Cactus exactly, Jack, exactly. Shawn Michaels, that's exactly Batista. where I'm going. So every single great Triple H match that I've seen has been hardcore. And I think that's where he really thrives. He's the cerebral assassin. And he's so good at being that merciless, cold-blooded killer. And you know what's so funny about that is when you think of like street fight wrestlers, you he's not think? even in your top 20. Nope. But his biggest moments, they're all seem to be that's a really good point luke so oh, also also sean took hugo savinovich's boot off to hit triple h and i didn't even notice that awesome i must have missed that so discussion for this one triple h and Shawn michaels are they each other's best opponent ever no, no. best rivalry no. No. no i don't think so uh i think for triple h when i'm trying to think of triple h rivalries man cactus I jack cactus jack i guess yeah and because Cactus Jack or Mick. Or Austin. Yeah, or Austin. When I think Sean, man, I think The Undertaker. Taker. I think Taker first. I, I think they're each other's best opponent ever. Really? That string of matches for that like two or three years that they were having from like 2002 to whenever DX reformed, they were putting on four-star matches every time they wrestled. There was the the match on Raw one night where they had a great, fantastic match, but Sean's shoulders were hitting the ground when he fell on Triple H. And we everybody thought he won the championship, but Eric Bischoff took it away. There was the classic match at Royal Rumble, two thousand three between the two of them. The the two, and then there was of course a WrestleMania twenty main event with Chris Benoit involved. Amazing. So those two made magic with each other. They had the best storyline rivalry. It all was perfect, and they were each other's best teammate too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I still have to go. I mean, I definitely can hear your case with Shawn Michaels as Triple H's best opponent. But to me, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker was, I mean, yeah, a lot of people consider one of those WrestleMania matches one of the best of all time. Yeah, that's true. So, um, This is bad. So after that, uh, the medics come out and they take Shawn away after the match. Well, JR is losing hold his on, mind. Though. Hold on, though. So Shawn Michaels wins. Oh, yeah. Triple H kicks tr- the shit out of him. No, Triple that. H takes the sledgehammer and, and hits him. him metal first in the yeah. back twice. Yeah. S- think about that, though. We never, ever see Triple H hit someone metal first with a sledgehammer. He always puts his fists in the way or something. He literally is swinging this like on Shawn's back. He's swinging, it, a, like, he's like swinging it like he's put, putting a stake in the ground. Yeah. But on a man's flesh. I'm sure it was a gimmick sledgehammer. Well, but yeah, still. But, but still. Yeah. And I don't then know. so the medics come out, they, they load. HBK on a backboard, a bodyboard, and uh, JR's just losing his mind here, man. This is peak JR. Yep. Uh, uh, this whole match. Goat and then after JR, that, yes. uh, After that, uh, they, I guess they had some time to fill. Because oh, out comes the Fink, and uh, he's just talking about why he's the best. And then Tr- uh, uh, Trish Stratus comes out. and uh, Bosom shots. Bo- Ooh. Bosom shots are back and abound. Yes. Uh, Howard, Finkel- <laughs> Howard Finkel says one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. Uh, can you do it, Luke? Uh, the, are you talking about the dog? It's- you know what I'm talking about. Come on. Uh, you know, Trish is a dog eat- I can't do it. 
It's a dog eat dog world. And you got the puppies. And I've got the wiener. Is that the one you're talking about? <laughs> That's the one. And uh, everyone's everyone's laughing. Someone's laughing at that. Somebody, somebody's laughing. That's good and shit. And Lillian Garcia uh, slaps him in the face and kicks him in the cock. She she shows up out of nowhere. She what she shows up like Sting. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> did she come from the? Did she come down from the ceiling? She just appears and uh, slaps him and kicks him in the ding dong, and that's it. What's the storyline between Lillian and? I think they're just competing think? for announcer roles, right? You want me to tell you the storyline? Yeah. Yes. Nobody gives a shit. Okay. That that's a wonderful story, guys. This was horrible. This this is why the timing couldn't cares. have been worse. This is why, and I know this is post Attitude Era, but this is why I don't want the Attitude Era back. This is also because shit like this was happening on a weekly basis back then. Well, I think they had to clean up from the street fight, so yeah. that's one thing. But it was a come down between the two big time. But matches. the timing was just poop. It was so for some bad. shit like that. I'd rather had Nidia in the ring. Picking a random person to make out with in this. You've got the puppies and I've got the the wiener. wiener. Yeah, no, that uh, uh, that uh, struck me. That struck me. Someone's laughing. Oh, the winner. And then we get a video package after that, uh, starting with Brock winning the King of the Ring, and then his uh, his path of destruction leading him to the Rock. I might get Rock. I'll um, try not to get Rock and Brock mixed up here, uh, but it is for the WWE Undisputed Championship. The, which the Rock had just won at Vengeance the prior month by beating Taker and Kurt Angle in a triple threat. And now that unified the titles, correct? correct? No, 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 it was already undisputed because oh, Jericho won the first. Oh undisputed yeah, title. you're right. You're right. right I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. and then that's what unified the titles for now. Um, so yeah, the video we're going package to get, is fantastic. The video package is really good, really really good. Uh, again with the. When they do video packages in this era, they're really good. Uh, nowadays, you see them almost too much. Yes. Like you're seeing them every single match. Every match. Yeah. Uh, I think there was the middle ground. I don't think they quite hit it here. I could have used almost more story stuff and less uh, puppies and wieners and Nidia making out with people. But you know, it is what it is. Look this is a puppy. good package, and this is a good match. Uh, this is supposed to be like evil mean Brock Lesnar and like super over babyface rock but Wrong. uh the crowd is they want Brock it's split like well, there's there's a little bit of go rocky die rocky going on but this crowd want for the most part they want Brock they know it's Brock's time uh I think a lot of people can sense that the rock isn't really long for wrestling after this exactly so you kind of so, see that starting to happen it's funny because I mentioned the believability earlier but there's a lot of smarks in this crowd yeah, yeah. And, and they knew that The Rock was going to go film more movies, so everyone wanted, not everyone, but the majority of the crowd wanted Lesnar to win. And guys, Brock Lesnar could work back then. Oh my god. He still can. This yeah. is why Dakota doesn't like him now. Uh, but man, he was a freak. He kipped up in this match. He did. They both There was a moment when him and The Rock did, and gorgeous. man, Brock was so good. I did like, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, yeah. I did like that uh, The Rock set the tone of intensity. Like his entrance, he lays the belt down right that there on the ramp. That was so cool. Does, fakes the Brock Lesnar jumping around thing. Yeah, I And then just that. sprints and goes at him. Yeah, I loved that. Um, so it's a predictable finish, right? Most people can agree. Really good match, though. The match leading up to it was awesome. And Heyman ate a rock bottom through the announce table. Yeah, that Heyman goes sick. through an announce Because Heyman point. kept getting involved and what The Rock bump. was sick Heyman of it. was like a little mosquito this whole match. Yeah, eventually The Rock's had enough and he... He, poor Paul. It was one of the worst rock bottoms I've ever seen. 
It was, it was still awesome. But it was awesome because Heyman went through the table. All the moves look usually look a lot worse going through a table. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, at least Heyman took that bump. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was sick. Uh, yeah, he eventually has enough. Also, he got kicked uh, kicked in the dick, too, by The Rock at That's one true. point in the match. Uh, lots of dick trauma on the show, I noticed. Uh, but I'm not complaining. Uh, the Rock hits a rock bottom and the, at one point, and then Brock hits one of his own. Both men kick out. A, a Brock bottom. A Brock bottom. As Taz, Taz thought he was the funniest man He thought he was Earth a genius. Because he repeated it like three times. Uh, he was so proud of himself for saying the Brock bottom. But it was pretty you good. You know what I wasn't proud of? Yeah. Michael Cole not saying F5 connects. I know. Did he not? He didn't. No. He, he but damn. But it. the F5 did connect. It well, did. For, the first time it didn't. So the ending, like the last little bit of this match was really Frenzy. exciting. Yeah, so what happens basically is uh, uh, Brock is going for the people's elbow. He gets up as he's going to come around for the elbow. Brock Lesnar just splits him up. in two with this clothes yeah. lariat. Sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's a clothesline. because He catches him yeah. there, yeah. And just kills him with that. Then he wants the F5. Uh, the Rock spins out of it, goes for the Rock bottom. Brock fights him off, hits the F5. One, two, three. Brock wins by pinfall and, and wins the WWE title in 15 in. minutes and 50 seconds. And he is your new WWE Undisputed Champion, and he would hold it until WrestleMania. And, that, and he was also no, the No, no, he wouldn't. He would hold it until the Royal Rumble, right? When did Angle beat him for the title? Uh, I don't know, but he was the youngest champion at the time ever. Yep. He was. What did you give the match? I gave the match... I have to look at what I gave the match. I think I gave it four stars. I did give it four stars. I also gave it four stars. I thought it was, I thought it was perfect. It was oh well, great. not perfect, but you know what I mean. Like it was as good as a match between The Rock and Brock Lesnar could have been. Exactly. Yep. Uh, I gave it four and a quarter. I think if it, I mean, with the route they were going with the match, uh, it probably couldn't have gone longer. But I think with more time, it could have been five stars. Really? I think so. Yeah. But but even so, Brock. You could tell The Rock was fighting an uphill battle. Even The Rock, who's like one of the strongest, you know, one of the strongest built characters in the whole company. Like, Brock was just this unstoppable wave that you knew was eventually going to take over. Yeah, I think that it was inevitable, right? Right. Like like what, like he, what Thanos said, I am inevitable. He started on the main time. roster five months before this, and yep. now he's champ. And, he, and think about it, he killed Hulk Hogan, and then he beat yep. The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. That's up. That's doesn't get bigger. And he than was that. supposed to beat Stone Cold Steve Austin until yeah. somebody walked out. Um, so my discussion question for this is kind of a A or B question. If The Rock were to have a retirement match at WrestleMania next year, do you book him against Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns? Those are the two that make sense. Which one do you book Roman, him in? Roman, for sure. I put him against Brock, the two biggest stars. I just think that that match, you're asking for a bad match. At and that, that, that the Roman Rock thing, you can you can build that so... If they took the time to build that up for months, the whole bloodline thing, everything, you could build that up to be amazing. You really could, in my yeah. opinion. I just think that... And this might just be me selfishly. You know, I don't want to see a 2019-2020 match against Brock Lesnar and The Rock. I right. feel that. I kind of want um, to. But... You know, I'd watch the hell out of it. I'd watch it. Oh yeah. Um, so, what'd you give SummerSlam 2002 as a whole? So, SummerSlam 2002, you guys, this might be my favorite show we've ever looked at. Ever, ever. Might wow. maybe, maybe. I'm not saying it is. I'm. Sa- I'd have to go back because we've seen some good ones. But man, this show, top to bottom, uh, I was thinking A plus. But there's a couple things that brought it out of that league. It wasn't Mostly perfect. the backstage segments were poop. And Trish. And the Trish segment. segment was bad. A lot of the in-between stuff didn't do it for me, and that Tess Undertaker match was a nitpick spot for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, everything else, that was the, the only match I gave below three was Tess and Undertaker. Yep, yeah. Every other match was three stars plus. 
the entire the, the roster this this card top to bottom was just every match could have been a main event except for probably yep. the tag team match and the test and undertaker match minus those two every match could have been a main event mm-hmm. every match i mean think about that you guys that how rare is that it was for a wrestling card to be i i could have seen any of those matches as a main event and i would have left happy I, uh, so for that i'm giving it an a, a solid it, a i gave it a solid a too I would have been A plus without the Trish Stratus segment, even with the Undertaker test and the. the I would have been maybe close. The Stephanie too, Eric man. stuff. It would have been an A plus without that. Trish I loved segment. this show. I Luke, loved, loved, loved it. I th- I think that the Taker test match is the only thing that keeps it from an A plus. I also gave it a very strong A. Yes, yes. Man, they don't call it the best SummerSlam ever for no reason. Oh, I forgot to mention this in the top, but we did do a poll on our Twitter page to see which match. Uh, People preferred between the street fight and the main event, and the results 66% were sixty-six percent for Rock and Brock. Interesting. What? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that would be the other way too, but it was pretty definitive, actually. But you know what? We're what's happening in the next few weeks, right? What? We are getting all elite. Yes, and that's mm. going to start. Mm-mm-mm. That's not going to start with all out for us. Nope. We because are going next to week, review Double or Nothing, and guys, I'll run through the card, t- bottom of the top. Um, SoCal Uncensored versus the Stronghearts. I see you. Dr. Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray versus Awesome Kong. Mm-hmm. Nice. The Best Friends versus Angelico? Is that how you An- say it? Angelico. Angelico and Jack Evans. They're so goofy. There's a six women tag team match, and I am not even going to try to say their names. Don't worry about it. It's a bunch of it's Japanese. a bunch of it's a bunch of Japanese people. Um <laughs> They're great. I mean yeah, they are fantastic, yes. Co- Cody versus Dustin. Mm. The Young Bucks mm-hmm. versus the Lucha Bros. Yes. And Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. Yes. You guys, I'm so excited to look at that. I've and seen the show three times. This will be my fourth. This will be my second. I'm so excited but to talk this about is, AEW with This you guys. is the show that everyone, when we took our little hiatus, this is the show everyone bugged me about. Well, we like, said, we originally we said we we're going to come back for it. I know. But we, we had a few other things we had to take care of. But first. guess what? Yeah. We're coming back. We're coming back. I cannot wait to talk to you guys. I and mean, we've talked about AEW, obviously, but in this. But we're just going to come With mics on, on the record. I cannot wait to tell you, talk about this show. It's not perfect, but it's damn good. And I and a spoiler alert, it's probably going to be an A show. Right? Yeah. It's, it's A amazing. minus A. And um, it's the reason, in my opinion, that WWE has completely stepped their game up in the last two months. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And and we will get next week. We'll have to get a full report on what you thought of the Super J Cup. Yep. Yes. I uh, will. Is that going to be broadcast live on NJPW World? Do we know? I have no idea. I imagine it will be. I'll be there, though. So I'll be watching and, and it. Kyle's probably going to tweet the crap out of it. Uh, we love every single one of you guys. I wanted to let you know. Uh, I will we'll be tweeting out and Facebooking out that link for the voice messages. Please... Please interact with us. Yeah, give us that. Please interact with give us. Give us that. I crave attention. If we're being honest, I demand attention and affection. And we don't give him enough. And if you have a bone to pick, come pick it. Leave us a voice message. Uh, get on get on our Twitter, at Podcast. I think. Yep, at BBNBS, yes. Uh, get at us on Facebook, Big Boys and Body Slams. Even if you just want to cut a promo on us. Yeah, cut a promo on us. You know, Message us on Twitter, DM us on Twitter, follow us, interact with us because... Uh, we will talk back, and we would love to hear from you guys. Uh, buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. Yes. We haven't had one sale since we've been back. We should probably get a new design up, maybe. I don't know. I, the designs we have up are great, so go buy a shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for supporting us, and we will see you guys next week. You guys are too sweet. sweet.